Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Anonymous Podcast Guiding Principles Study. We are on episode 65 tonight. Uh, we'll be starting on page. 138, which is our first uh, episode on Tradition 8. Um, before we get started tonight, I'd like to go around and do some introductions. Brooke, could you introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Brooke T. I live in Colorado. I attend meetings here and online. Um, my home group is just can't miss it on Wednesday nights. My clean date is 6-16-1997. Thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Thanks, Brooke. Hey, Des. <clears throat> yeah, hi, everybody. How are you doing? I'm my addict name, Des. My clean date is July 24th, 1995. Um, my home group is We Choose to Live out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin um, at noon in the central uh, time zone, Midwest USA. And uh, I'm from the Wisconsin region. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Des. What you got, Eric? Oh, hey, I'm an addict. My name's Eric. Uh, my clean date is September 16th, 2019. And my home group is Friday Night Clean in Bradenton, Florida. That's a part of the Sun Coast. Awesome. Good to see you, Eric. Hey, Donna. Hey, guys. My name's Donna. I'm an addict here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is 11-22-1985. My home group is a uh, spiritual uh, solutions for living, uh, 6 p.m. on Sunday evening. Come see us sometime. Good to see you again, Donna. Thank you. Hey, Phil. Uh, my name is Phil. My clean date is 4-1995. My home group is men in recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. Awesome, Phil. Um, Duran. Duran Attic. My clean date is March 13th, 2020. I attend meetings in the Buckeye region of Ohio. My um, home group is Clean and Free Group of Narcotics Anonymous. In Ashabula, we meet on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Also, um, Saturday Night Delight, we meet Saturday night in uh, Ashabula, Ohio. Come see us. Thank you. Good to see you, Duran. Hey, Mike. <clears throat> Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm a grateful recovering addict from Massachusetts whose name is Mike Hawaii. Uh, my clean date is January 1st, 2017. My home group is the I Can't Weekend group of Narcotics Anonymous. We meet every Thursday at 8 p.m. in Everett, Massachusetts at 47 Elm Street. If you're in the area, swing by. I attend meetings in the Northeast Mass area of Narcotics Anonymous as well as virtually. Thanks. Awesome, Mike. Thanks. What's going on, Tootie? I'm an addict named Tootie uh, from the San Diego Imperial Valley um, region. And I'm from the tiniest area here called the Southeast Bar area. My home groups are Keep It Simple Men's Group Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and Stepping Into Serenity, which is a hybrid, uh, virtual and in person. Um, that's um, 1415 Roosevelt Avenue, National City, if you guys were ever down here. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Tony. Um, my name is Will. I'm an addict. My clean date is February 27th of 2013. My home group is the Clean and Free Group in Ashtabula, Ohio, and Monday Night Miracles in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Um, reside in the Buckeye region in Ohio. Um, yeah, I did not miss anybody, correct? All right, so tonight we're going to be starting on Tradition 8. 
Um, I've asked Brooke to get us started out with that tradition in the first couple of paragraphs. Brooke. Thanks, Will. So tradition eight, Narcotics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Narcotics Anonymous is a fellowship of people for whom drugs had become a major problem. We are recovering addicts who meet regularly to help each other stay clean. How often have we heard these words or something like them? At every meeting, we are reminded that we come together to share our experience, strength, and hope. We don't need anything more than that to help each other. Addiction is a deadly disease. We don't always see our struggle clearly when we are in it, but when we are clean and watch another addict in the grips, it's heartbreaking. We want so badly for them to get clean, but we may not feel qualified to help. In Narcotics Anonymous, we believe that no one is better qualified to help an addict than another addict in recovery. We share each other, we share with each other our experience in addiction and the steps we took and continue to take to experience freedom. Hmm. It seems like So this is kind of interesting because usually, again, when uh, I start talking about tradition eight, we, uh, we usually dive right into like, what is a special worker? And it looks like to me, they want to talk about like how we're enough. Like we don't need to be, um, this is talking more about like my experience is enough. Like I don't, I don't need to be a special worker to help another addict. Um, and um, the training that I have is my experience, strength and hope. And um, and uh, so that's that's kind of what it looks like. And every time I experience freedom and share it with another uh, recovering addict, then I'm part of the solution. Um, and uh, so that's that is kind of interesting. And you know that la that last paragraph, we want so badly for them to get clean, but we may not feel qualified to help. I mean, we're all powerless over the disease of addiction. And I'm powerless over your disease of addiction too. I mean, and that sucks. Um, but I just have to remember that it's that it's not that I'm failing. Um, that there isn't a person on the planet that can keep somebody from dying from the disease of addiction if they don't want to do what it takes to get clean. You know, um, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it just everybody on the planet is powerless over the disease of addiction. Um, so, but it's hard like when we lose somebody, I think my friend was just texting about losing somebody that she cared about to this disease. Um, it's easy for me just to go through like when somebody dies, I guess we go through how could I have saved them, right? And so this, this paragraph is definitely talking about, um, and this first part is definitely talking about, we share, uh, what we have to offer is enough, even if we can't keep everybody we want safe and experiencing freedom, I guess. Um, so that, that's kind of what I got out of those two. Thanks. Thanks, Brooke. Donna, did you have your hand up? I did, I don't know why it kept going away. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I know the person that, um, Brooke was talking about, um, and, uh, that feeling of powerlessness over, um, over another person's disease of addiction, but, um, I, I've been doing a, a, a study, uh, on my own of spiritual principles. And the one that came up today was cooperation. And it talked about, um, that, our ability to come together, uh, despite maybe our individual beliefs or our individual stories and help somebody who wants to be clean is so powerful. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and like Brooke said, we, we don't need any more than that, but our message needs to be clear, right? We are just here to help people who need and want to be clean to recover from the disease of addiction. <laughs> There's a whole lot that goes along with that, but that is our only purpose, right? And to try to be 
clear about that. And that's part of the reason that we don't need to be professional here is because we can, because we can, we can do that because we all have experience with that. And the other piece is our individual stories are really important because that identification is so critical, right? I need to tell what my story so that the person who can relate to what I say can hear it, the same as all of you, the same as everybody out there, right? We all need to tell our story so that the person who needs to hear it can hear it. So that's enough out of me, thanks. Thanks, Donna. Um, Will Addict, yeah, I was just gonna jump in real quick. As someone else pointed out, like I thought we were gonna right away get to what a special worker was and who we should possibly do that. But I think it's kind of setting us up to know that uh, what our role is here and why we would hire a special worker because we we already have a job to do. Um, you know, I, I locked in on that as well. You know, um, when we were thinking of watching another addict in the grips, it's heartbreaking. We want so badly for them to get clean, but may not feel qualified to help. Um, I, I know when I first got here, like, I, I was super excited to be clean even for the short amount of time I was. And then, um, and yeah, I wanted, there's the people I cared about that were on the streets using still. I mean, we talk about people, places and things and things we can't go around, but that doesn't mean we don't love some people that, that are still caught up. Um, and it was explained to me early on, like, listen, the only thing you can do for them right now is work on yourself. So when they get here, you can be a resource because you don't have anything to give away right now. Um, and that, that's been a constant for me. That's been a, Listen, I come in and I, I I go as hard as I possibly can with this process because, man, what how there was people here that were ready to help me when I got here, um, and I would I would hate for someone to walk in that door and me to be like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, you know, we're just, coffee's on, but I haven't really done nothing, you know. So like I've always made it a personal uh, kind of just a push in that direction to, hey, there's a lot of people that um people, places, and things I, I hope I might not ever see again unless they walk through the rooms and the doors in Narcotics Anonymous, but when they do walk through there, um, I want to I wanna try my best to make sure I'm, I'm a resource that's available. That's all I have. What you got, Des? Yeah, hi, sorry about that. Couldn't find my unmute button. <laughs> um, I like the way that this, this uh, chapter starts. I think for me, when I came in and I encountered Tradition 8, I thought that if somebody didn't tell me I was a special worker, I didn't have anything to contribute. So I think it's good that um, that it talks about that to say that, hey, we're, we, we all have something to offer and we all, at least for me, you know, we all have something to offer each other and there's no better qualification to help an addict than another addict in recovery. Because um, where I came from, it always seemed like people in authority were telling other people what to do or people with positions or people with titles. And I think it's just really cool that it talks about, um, you know, we just share with each other and the steps we took and continue to take to experience freedom. And it's just like um, kind of a normalizing, uh, bringing us all together kind of set up which is cool because for me early on in in recovery i thought well i nobody's going to ask me to do anything i'm not really wanted here you know i'm not sure that i have a place and it took me a while to understand that i did have something to offer even when i'm having a bad day and i have a, a shitty share in a meeting i'm i have something to offer because uh i'm staying clean and i'm at a meeting you know, and, and that's important to remember, like even my worst times are, are um, okay to be a part of this fellowship. So, yeah, so I just wanted to share that. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Des. Hey, what you got to run? Yeah, um, that part that really stuck out to me was uh, uh, when we are clean and watch another attic in the grips, it's heartbreaking. Because um, I remember especially in the beginning, like I would see so many people that I cared about in active addiction still not be like, man, whenever you guys are ready, I'm going to be here. Whenever you guys are ready, I'm going to be here. Like I see them at the store or something and I give them like 10 seconds and then I'm out the door because I'm, I'm not one to test my recovery or my boundaries with that. I, I stay away from people, places and things so hard 
Like that's like one of my biggest things in recovery is not putting myself in a compromising position because I know how prone I am to get drawn back in just because of anything. But um, I've, I've been a part of something so cool lately because, you know, I'm coming up on three years, but I've had a lot of close friends coming into the fellowship today. And, and it's so awesome that like I get to be there and see them grow within the fellowship I get I, I knew them in active addiction and it took them a while to come into the doors and then once they come in now they're gravitating towards the program and wanting to work the program um uh, I've I've had a lot of people ask me you know females especially hey you know any sponsor any female sponsors they've been you know coming from another fellowship wanting to switch over to NA and it's really cool to see the growth in people you know from active addiction to to recovery and and to say that, hey, I got to be there. Like my words were true. Like when you guys are ready, I'm gonna be here. And 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 it rang true. And that's a blessing. You know, it's just from working this program. With that, I pass. Awesome stuff. Thanks, Teron. Nobody else has anything there. We're gonna move over to Phil with the next couple of paragraphs. Um each of us has something to offer. We don't need specialized training to carry the message. All we need is to pay attention. We give what was so freely given to us when we share what is in our heart. Even when we are in great pain, we connect. The simple priceless gift we give each other is the recognition of humanity. Um, we can't buy our way out of addiction and we can't sell it either. Recovery is a gift given freely, passed from hand to hand and heart to heart. Sharing our recovery restores our faith and gratitude. Seeing that we are not alone frees us from isolation and alienation of um, addiction. Um, yeah, I could think of a lot of things that was said and 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 the the, the paragraphs before that, but even in uh, this paragraph, uh, we don't need to be uh, need specialized training to carry to carry our our message, and it's just just how we share and care and all the those uh, uh, other things. But uh, uh, one of the things um, uh, I've been been blessed with being in recovery is I. I belong to a um, region that does have a um, a uh, office but we do have a special worker and um, uh, it's just being and 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 what and having that and and being in the fellowship and growing up uh, with that with the office there and a special work worker there's a whole lot of um, things to to know about uh, this tradition and um, uh, yeah, Narcos Anonymous should remain uh, the key word forever non-professional, but uh, we do got professionals in our in Narcos Anonymous, and uh, sometimes that can be a problem. And re remind reminders of this tradition because we do have a lot of professionals, and uh, sometimes that can. Um, can get get in the way and not to judge or measure our members but our tradition says the, the things that our tradition says that uh, we share our experience strength and hope and things like that but that can be a gray area with our our professionals especially when they work in recovery see you know and uh, uh I've, I've had a bunch of um encounters and things with um with members, nothing harshly in that, but but um, things to be pointed out brings them to point things out in uh, this tradition. And uh, that's all I have. Awesome, thanks, Phil. It's like there was a little more at the bottom of that page. No. Um, the first two. Yeah. 
Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll finish it. Narcotics Anonymous remains forever non-professional because uh, what we give is beyond words, beyond measure. The, the very best we can give is ourselves. We give freely and what we give uh, is hope. Yeah. Yeah, that, that um, I like my, uh, I like being freely given things and I love my uh, uh, simple priceless gifts uh, that it talks about. And um, uh, the recognition of uh, humanity, um, um, we're all equal and, and all that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. That's all I got. Awesome. Thanks, Phil. Did anybody have anything to add to that? So I do not either. Next up, I have Duran. Wait, I think, is Donna raising her hand? No? Okay. I have Duran reading the first couple of paragraphs there on page 139. Tradition 8. At a casual glance, Tradition 8 might not seem like one of our more spiritual uh, traditions, but in fact, it reaches to the core of our spiritual program. By committing to being unprofessional, we ensure that our simple way will be an enduring legacy, freely giving among equals. Our program is safe from the whims and fancies of the public. We are also free from any implied authority or expertise of our members. Uh, when we come to an understanding of the program for ourselves, we become skilled at sharing our own recovery. No one certifies us as NA members. No one can fire us. Our membership, our recovery, and our experience are ours alone. Many of our members are professionals in their own right, including some who work with addicts, but we do not hire people to carry our message. Reaching out from addict to addict is an application of anonymity. We leave our professional identities at the door. In meetings, we are pre present to one another as equals, as addicts seeking recovery and carrying a message of hope. Regardless of our titles or our relationships outside, our, test our trusted servants are not counselors or supervisors. Our meetings are not classes or therapy groups. We come together to share our experience and in Narcotics Anonymous, we are all experts on our own stories. We may bring skills or experience with us, but we don't bring status. Our relationship to recovery and to service is simple. In NA, we are addicts who have found a way out that is what we share. Oh man, I like this. <laughs> so I like the part, uh, we come to an understanding of the program for ourselves. We become skilled at sharing our own recovery. You know, I remember coming in here and um, like not knowing anything about the program and like not understanding anything. So I just like sat there, like my first couple of months coming to meetings, I just sat there and I like, I, I took notes and like, if I, because I didn't share, I would write about what I learned from like people sharing in a meeting, not writing people's names, but just writing like, what I learned or how I connected with what, what was said. And, um, you know, that really helped me come to an understanding for myself of the program of Narcotics Anonymous for what Deron understood it for, not what other people, because I was dissecting other people's experience, strength and hope and turning it into something that I could, that I could under something that I could understand if that makes sense to you guys. You know, and I, I think that that was really cool for me. And I tell a lot of my sponsees to do that. Like, if you don't share, you should write about what you learned. It'll give you deeper insight to yourself. But that doesn't mean that I'm their counselor or their, <laughs> or their therapist or anything like that. I'm just there to give them some kind of um, some, some strength, hope, and experience through what I've done in, in my recovery to help me. Um, and um, I also... Our relationship to recovery and to service is simple. In NA, we are addicts who have found a way out, and that is what we share. You know, like I've said, I you know I do a lot of service, but that does not that is is simple. This is something that um that has helped me in my life. This is not something that like I'm 
I'm going to go out in the world and be like, oh, I'm a therapist. Like I'm a state certified peer supporter. But like a lot of people don't even know that in the meetings of Narcotics Anonymous because I don't come into meetings like, hey, guys, I got this certificate from the state of Ohio that says I can do this job. Like, woohoo! <laughs> like I'm above everybody else in here. No, it's not like that. Like I, I barely people don't even know that you guys are probably like some of the only people to know that. But um, it's, it's, it's really cool how like I don't have to be above anybody else because when I come inside the, the meetings of Narcotics Anonymous, like I'm equal to everyone. Like no matter how much clean time I have, how much little time clean time I have, no matter if I'm a sponsor or not, no matter if I just started my steps or if I'm working the eighth step or ninth step or 10th step or 12th step, like it doesn't matter. Like we're all on the same footing. We're all just trying to find a new way to live. And with that, I pass. Awesome stuff, Daron. Thanks. Uh, Will Attic, um, professional. Engaged in a specific activity as one's main paid occupation rather than as a pastime. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I ended up in Narcotics Anonymous after getting treatment somewhere. Um, and, and I remember the, the familiarity of coming here and just realizing I was surrounded by addicts. I'm not, I'm not talking bad about professionals. I'm just saying like, uh, like my counselors didn't have the same background I did, you know? And there were certain things like, hey, I might want to ask you how to balance my checkbook because you look pretty good at that. Um, but I, I, there, there's a certain lock-in about hearing somebody tell your story. Um, and it was just referencing here, like, you know, we all have our individual stories and what we bring in meetings, we're equals. Um, and I, I think that's the difference. Like, we don't pay nobody to carry our message. And even if you are paid to be in the, the recovery field, you're, you're being paid to push somebody else's message. Each recovery centers and things like that, they, they have their own programs. Um, and that's cool. Whatever, go do that. That's what you're doing there. But while you're here, like we have our own. Um, and it's it's proven and it's tried. We don't we don't pay anybody to do it. Um, and we have just you know each other's individual experiences to help us out. I know uh I know in certain situations, like let's say like uh when my mother was about to pass away, I know exactly which addict I would go talk to. Um, if, if my babysitter sister passed away as a direct result of this disease, I can picture someone's face in my right now that I, I know who I'm going to go talk to. I mean, it's funny because we always talk about the people that have been here all and we just share the same things over and over again. And I try to not do that just to not fall into that stereotype. But I, I remember the first time I heard that person share that thing and how, how groundbreaking it was and how and then, you know, after like, you know, six months, I heard it 10 times and I was like, oh, it's the same story again. But, you know, when you're coming in, it still rings true. And like I said, I still know exactly where I'm going if that situation arises because that person was there to share that story uh, time and time again. Um, so I just uh, I think that's points to a lot. And I, I really appreciate that. We don't have professionals in here carrying our message. Um, if, if you are being paid by Narcotics Anonymous, it's not not to share your story. It might be, you know push papers, file something, do something we need you to do so we can continue to carry our story. Um, because I don't need to be distracted by that. For me, like when I am taking on service positions, I go, am I going to be able to commit myself to this much time throughout the year? And when I have free time, I go, I can pick something up now. So now do I decide between picking up a professional thing or I don't want to do that. I don't, I want to, I want to pick up something that further carries the message and helps out the fellowship. So I, I could definitely see the, the advantage of hiring somebody to do that other thing that that they can't do what I can do or you know they don't have a story to tell in this in this fellowship and they can just do that for us so that we can continue to to carry the message to the addicts still suffering that's all I have for the moment what you got Miss Donna hey there I um if you guys have been following with this for a couple of years you know my opinion about this already but I'm going to say it we um People who work in the addiction field don't work in recovery, in my opinion. They work with addiction. They are working with people who are very sick. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and I've been there. I come from a place of uh, experience with that. Sometimes when you're in that field, you start talking about, I'm working in recovery all day long. I don't need to go to meetings. I'm tired of this shit. And, and the truth is you're in addiction in, around, surround, around people who are 
toxic and the disease of addiction is running rampant and you better get your ass to a meeting, right? Where people are talking about working the steps and spiritual principles and the traditions and our personal stories and, you know, and what's going on with us today. Because if you're a counselor, you're not doing that or you're not supposed to be doing that, right? That's not where you get your recovery. And that's not what we're talking about here, right? you come here for your recovery, you know, and uh, it gets exhausting to be around people who are, um, you know, in treatment and uh, really new in recovery and really struggling. And there's a whole bunch of them and it's, it's exhausting. And sometimes the last thing I would want to do is go to a meeting, right? And that's exactly where I needed to be, you know, and, um, so all of you out there who are working in the field, man, get yourself to a meeting, get your support group, keep working the steps. You know, you are not a special worker of Narcotics Anonymous if you're a counselor in a treatment center or a detox nurse like I was. That's enough. Awesome. Thank you, Donna. What do you have, Brooke? Well, I wanted to say a couple things. First of all, I forget that there are people who actually think they have authority over me. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's talking about the, that we are free from any implied authority or expertise of our members. <laughs> I just have to remember that because I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we talk about it in other traditions a lot. But it also is the same here, like we're all um, equal in our membership. Um, and uh, I really like what you guys have been saying about it because, um, yeah, it's not just experience, strength, and hope with, you know, it's with it's experience, strength, and hope in um, recovering from the disease of addiction. It's not about like making banana bread or putting together a Pontiac or anything like that, right? It's like, this is this is our experience, strength and hope um, on how we got freedom from active addiction. Um, and uh, so I, I do have to remember that, that it's not, um, oh, that was the other story I wanted to tell you. Um, <laughs> when I was using, I had this boyfriend who got busted DUI, whatever. And he kept telling me, he's like, I have to go to these classes. And every time he did it, it drove me fucking nuts. Cause I'm like, they're not classes, they're meetings. <laughs> so anyway, that was it. That's my joke. <laughs> awesome stuff, Brooke. Hey, Des. Hey, I, uh, yeah, I really like a lot of what was read in here. And <clears throat> I don't know about everybody out there, but we have a thing going on in my state where people are getting not through NA, but they're getting certified and they're coming to meetings and one of their jobs is to take people to meetings so they feel comfortable going to meetings. And it gets, it's a real blurred line and it gets real confusing um, for myself and other members. And um, like, I get it, like it's hard to go to a meeting, but you know, for your first time, but once you go to a meeting for the first time, everybody out here listening, it's super simple after that, you know, um, it's super simple because um, it's not hard once you go to a meeting and if you're truly an addict, like when I got to a meeting, I was an addict, I knew I belonged here, it was easy to come back, I, I knew that it was comfortable in the rooms of NA, and I don't know, I, they didn't have people that could take me to a meeting for their job when I got clean, I just, you know, we just went. And I'm kind of grateful because I think if if somebody would have been hired to take me to a meeting, I probably would have been pissed off at them to be to be real. And I would have been like, man, I don't need paid friends. I don't need whatever. And then it goes on and it says no one can fire us. And I'm so grateful that it says that because a lot of times, you know, um, we use that terminology in Narcotics Anonymous. And I think it's just cruel. I, I think um, it's not a nice thing to say to somebody, you know, you're fired or I don't want you around anymore. Or, you know, that's what I hear when I hear you're fired. And, um, and I know a lot of times in service, like if somebody's not doing their job properly, it generally, in my opinion, is not because the person 
is not doing their job properly on purpose is because quite possibly in the overzealousness of filling a position, we place somebody somewhere where they shouldn't have been and we're jeopardizing their recovery and we're jeopardizing their ability to stay clean and we're jeopardizing our fellowship. So I try really, really, uh, I really take it seriously to do mentoring and fostering and building those relationships so that when people step into a role, they're comfortable. You know, for years and years um, in my region, I wanted to, to serve in some positions and I was told time and time again, you're not ready yet. You're not ready. We have other people to do it. And then finally, I was like, listen, somebody needs to train me, train me on this. Teach me how to do this. I'm interested. And today um, I'm super grateful because we've we've started to train people in my region on, you know, what's to come. And it's not just like, oh, there's an empty spot. We're going to toss you in there. You know, there, there's an empty spot that's coming up in a couple of years. And if you're interested, we're going to train you now so you're comfortable and teach you what it means. And and I think that's really cool. And, and I think when it talks about um, the experiences, ours alone, that's one of my experiences is being taught and, and being treated gently. And I, I always want to share that with people. So that's all I wanted to share. Thanks. Excellent stuff, Des. Hey, Phil. Wow, uh, good stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll be real quick. Uh, um, and what I love about uh, traditions and how, how they're written written uh, for me is uh, is um, we can't negotiate them. You know, it, it's just a done deal, and it's just essence though for me. And uh, and 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 to our members, I I do point things out in our traditions. You know, you can do what you want with them or not, but but for me, they you can't negotiate them. And uh and I I do. Uh, really and 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 truly uh, uh love this we leave our professional identities at the door <laughs> plain and simple at the door they don't need to be in our meetings what you are this and that uh we all have the same last name addicts and just like it goes on uh to say uh we are pre we present one another as equals as addicts seeking recovery and carrying a message of hope, regardless of our titles or our relationships outside. That's a done deal. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm one of the members that point our members into this. Well, this is what our tradition says. I can't negotiate it. I don't know if you can, but uh, I can't. And then, um, Last but not least, our relationship to recovery and to service is simple. And in NA, we are addicts who have found a way out. And that is uh, what we share. That's all I have. Awesome. Thank you, Phil. There's nobody else with their hands up. I have Mike reading the next couple paragraphs there on page 139. He has his hand up, Will. Who does? Tootie. Oh, Tootie, what's going on, man? I'm an ad named Tootie, and uh, oh my goodness. Um, first of all, forgive me for the my uh, computer was updating and stuff, but um, everything that I have heard so far, man, and just this reading, uh, this tradition is just um, an exciting tool for me. Um, and, and I say that from my own experience. Um, we've had a number of meetings and one in particular and stuff that really stands out the most. It was a um, it was a treatment program and we had a meeting of ours there. And um and I remember um often, right? Well, often more more than more than I care to admit, you know, there was a lot of um a lot of traditions that weren't being followed and this this tradition in particular was one of them. Um, because they, 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 the, uh, the counselors were not educated on separating that hour and 15 minutes that we were in their facility, that it was about the clients, you know what I mean? And so <clears throat> myself and a few other members had like, a like a learning, uh, you know, evening with the counselors and stuff and sat them down and read some of the traditions and read this tradition in particular 
and um, showed them that, hey, look, you know, we understand where you guys are coming from, but please allow us our hour and 15 minutes because we pay rent. You know, we, we, we want to uh, be able to show these individuals and stuff that when they leave this program, they're going to need to seek their own help, you know what I mean, and find their own meetings and uh, succeed because each and every one of them can be a uh, success if we teach them the right way. And so um, I know, I think it was um, Des that was talking about um, the importance and stuff of separating that, you know? And uh, for me, um, I think after we did that, it really helped uh, elevate the atmosphere of the true recovery and stuff in there. Not, not like they didn't have their part because, you know, they had a really good success rate, this, that, or what have you. But um, when folks started naming the meeting, the, the, the location of the facility, I had to bring that up as well, you know, sixth and 10 tradition and stuff. And I was like, Hey, look, you know, this is why it's important. You know, if you guys had something that happened during this meeting, uh, do you want your recovery home to be named or do you want the meeting to be named? Right. Obviously just immediately separating them. Right. So everything was all educational and stuff. Everything was definitely uh, conclusive to the fact that um, the meeting thrived, thrived for a long time, long, 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 long time. And then COVID hit and it's all different now. But yeah, that was my spill on that. I think that was very important. Uh, I, I was itching to share. I almost jumped in after Will was about to uh, go to the next paragraph. But thank you, folks. Oh, thanks, Tootie. Yeah, I didn't see your hands in the last second there. Sorry about that. Um, so if there is no one else, I have Mike with the last, uh, the next two paragraphs there. Hello, uh, grateful recovering addict from Massachusetts, whose name is Mike. Non-professional is not the same as unprofessional. The term non-professional for us is a reminder that we freely carry the message to one another in an atmosphere of equality. The term unprofessional, on the other hand, means below standard, and that most certainly does not describe our service efforts. There is no room for professionalism in how we share the message with one another, but the same is not always true for how we carry our carry out our services. We are reliable and responsible. We plan and execute our efforts in service to our goal of carrying the message. We keep records, honor contracts, pay fairly, and act according to the rules of the venues in which we meet. We understand that part of carrying an attractive message is ensuring that our behavior is appropriate. When we engage in public relations, our appearance is appropriate to our audience. Traditions Eight insistence that we remain non a non-professional fellowship allows each of us to recover and share as equals. No matter what direction life takes us in, we can continue to live and recover together in NA. Anonymity is, means that no matter who we are outside, how long we have been clean or what we have done in NA service, we're, we're just another member staying clean another day. Each of us has a message to carry, and we all need each other. Our beliefs about who or what we are or how we think we are perceived matter very little. Okay. Uh, again, grateful recovering addict from Massachusetts named Mike. How are you? Um, just to reiterate my clean dates, January 1st, 2017, and if I had read this within the first year or like first eight months, I probably would have said cool, but that's a lot of minutia. Um, because like, I was like a stormtrooper. Like I had the boots on the uniform, the hat, somebody's saying the word sober, I'm yelling clean. And like, I, you're going to hear it. And, um, the term you know, non-professional, I was like, well, what do you mean? I'm the mayor of Narcotics Anonymous. Don't you know who I think I am? Like, um, you know, uh, just had this like ego. And it was subtle, too. It wasn't like really out there. But I mean, it was 
you know, there are people that have pointed that out to me. Um, now, when I read this and I think about how, like, uh, how, like, militant I was was in the beginning and how I kind of preferred that way, I, I probably wouldn't stay today. You know, I would leave uh, because I. Um, I truly believe that, you know, no matter what, what or how we look like when we walk through the door, you know, is pertaining to maybe a job or, you know, profession or, or what have you, that um, we're equals. We're just addicts trying to get another day clean and, and find a solution to, to staying clean. Um, but like I said, I didn't really believe that in the beginning. I, I, um, I thought I had a leg up, you know, I had eight months clean. I had a leg up on the, the person next to me with three months clean, you know, and like, like I'm sort of some, you know, recovery savant, you know. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, it's been a real eye opener for me in, 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 in my home group um, for the last, you know, two, three, maybe four years, you know, especially since uh, the COVID happened and we, we went to the screens. Um, I've seen a number of people walk in and get, you know, one, two years clean. And, and like just this year alone, we've had like a handful of people under, you know, get a year and like another handful coming up getting a year. And, um, you know, I remember someone saying, you know, just, my home group had a, a problem with, with home group members where it was really just like three of us kind of holding it down. And someone said to me, you know, just your presence alone, whether you share or not, you know, I know that, um, you know, recovery is possible here. And um, I don't know, it's just been something that's been on my mind a lot, you know, and, and has really kind of given me a, a little extra vigor in my own recovery to, to participate and, and share where I'm at. Cause I, I, I haven't been, and I, and I, and I, I've been kind of quiet, you know, and, and most of it's just because I feel like I don't have anything to say, but I mean, the good stuff needs to be talked about as well as just as much as the mess, you know, and, um, when I was in that first year, like I, I was like, I had to have the fire solution share, you know, and, and, and today it's not as much as that as it's just putting my hand up and just talking. And, and to me, that's just what the program is. It's just words, you know, whether it comes out of our mouths or we read it on the, in the pages and in our literature. Um, you know, especially it just says right here, we all need each other. I mean, I, I, whew, the, the longer I stay clean, the longer I realize that I, I'm not doing this on my own. It's with people um, in my home group and the meetings I attend physically and virtually. And um, well, I guess that's all I have. Thanks. Uh, excellent stuff as always, Mike. Thank you. What you got, Eric? Hey, thanks. Uh, good stuff, man. I uh, I just love that last line. Our beliefs about who or what we are, how we think we are perceived, matter very little. I like that a lot, man. And uh, you know, I often think it's I think it's funny. Some you know, sometimes I'll I don't think about it much, but every once in a while I hear somebody, you know, when they tend to like tell you how they perceive you, and uh, it's always shocking to me. You know, it's always shocking to me, but I don't think about it much, man. I, I, I do know this. Like, if I just tell the truth, I can't fuck it up. You know, so like I always keep that at the forefront of my mind when I'm, when I'm sharing, man. I've been, I've been like reading this whole page over and over again. I'm thinking about like that part, that part about we leave our professional identities at the door. In meetings were present to one another's equals as addicts seek and recovery and carry a message of hope, regardless of our titles or our relationships outside. And then even farther down, I was talking about um, anonymity means that no matter who we are outside, how long we've been clean or what we've done in a service, we're just another member staying clean another day. Agree 100%. 
But I don't think that to me, I don't think that means that I don't get to talk about any of those things, right? I don't get to talk about now. Now, now, if I'm a have have a HIPAA law that binds me from talking about maybe somebody's shit, fine. But like, I don't think that binds keeps me from talking about how long I have clean. And look, I'm short time, so no big deal to me. But like, when I see somebody share that has 25 years of clean time, I listen because I know that they've gone through any lengths to stay clean. That's what I hear. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you get 25 years by fucking luck. You know what I mean? I don't think you just <laughs> tripped into fucking staying clean for 25 years, man. I think you got to go to any lengths. You know what I mean? Be willing to go to any lengths to stay clean. So, like, that experience to me is valuable, man. The same thing with uh, with uh, whatever profession you might be in. If you've been in this profession for 30 years, you know, and that's just what your position is. I, I don't. To me, it doesn't mean that I'm better or less than anybody. It just means they might have more experience in this area which is regardless like that doesn't really have anything to do with what's going on in the meeting but i don't like to temper my shares by being very vague about what i might be going through you know what i mean it says there's also some other good shit here we're also free from any implied authority or expertise of our members Whew. man i like that one a lot too man it's like i gotta keep that one in my back pocket you know and i'm not one to badger anybody with traditions man like i really am trying you know what i used to say i used to say fucking call the na cops that's what I was. Listen, I was very young, like a year ago. Okay, and uh, and uh, so like today, you know, I I understand uh, that I want to be in a spirit of unity, you know, and I definitely uh, respect and uh, abide by group conscience, you know, um, but I don't, you know, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's the rebel in me, and also I I'm less inclined to do it with other people uh, to tell them what to do, you know, to tell them what to do. Um, so very rarely do I have those pull them aside talks. I had one with the guy the other week because he was talking about a certain halfway house in our area, and um, you know whatever. I just I just said something to him about it, but I really don't like to use this stuff to uh, to influence other people's behavior, man. And and I think that it's okay because and it hasn't had any police from the get go, and we're thriving. So, like, I really do believe that, like, God is taking care of this program. And, of course, I don't want to do anything to jeopardize it, but I believe NA is going to be okay. You know, I think NA is going to be all right, man. I truly believe that it's a, a God-given program, man, and, like, a higher power is taking care of us, man. You know, so that, that frees me up from having to be an authority on anything or think that somebody else is doing something wrong. My way is right. Uh, anyway, great for being here. Thanks, Eric. What's up, Duran? Yeah, so the part that stuck out to me really was we are reliable and responsible. We plan to execute our efforts in service to our goal of carrying the message. We keep records, honor contracts, pay fairly, and act according to the rules of the venues in which we meet. So that plays like a big part in like even <laughs> it's just funny how Narcotics Anonymous is like threaded into every aspect of my life because like it even goes into like my profession though because Narcotics Anonymous taught me and these traditions taught me how to, you know, the service work that I do in Narcotics Anonymous taught me how to execute plans, how to be a part of the solution instead of the problem. Like when something happens at work, I'm not like, oh my God, we've got to freak out. Like, how are we going to take care of this? No, I, I sit there and I'm like, team, this is what the problem is. How can we execute this together? You know, Narcotics Anonymous taught me how to stay calm under pressure, how, how to rely on my team and not myself, you know, because <laughs> I'm not in this alone. So, and you know, and, um, you know, keeping records, like I'm a supervisor at my job. So like, I have to keep track of paperwork for at least three months after, you know, it's after that month. So I have to keep track of this stuff and like, I have stuff at my house that I like don't want, but like I, I keep appropriate records. And, you know, thinking about like my secretary positions, man, I'm very structured. Like I have a notebook just for business meetings. Then, um, you know, I have the way that I structure how I write down the attendance and who was chairperson, secretary, treasurer, how many, how many people celebrated this amount of clean time, you know, and it's date by date by date. Like you can go, you can trace that back to when I started 
being the secretary of that meeting, like, and I can go back to any, you could be like, um, what was discussed at this date last year at this business meeting? Okay, here you go. <laughs> but Narcotics Anonymous taught me that because I'm not a structure. I was not a structured person until, you know, I started getting involved in service. And um, I really like how it, you know, and even following the rules of the venue, um, like people throwing cigarette butts, you know, I have people in the fellowship that like, if people throw cigarettes, I, I don't smoke anymore, but I have people that help me. If pe they see people throwing cigarette butts on the ground at, at the church or wherever we're at, they're like, hey, guys, can you please not do that? Can you help us keep the keep the venue clean so we can keep our, our meeting spot, you know, so we don't disrespect this place? You know, it, and I mean, again, that's what Narcotics Anonymous teaches us to become um, reliable and responsible uh, members of society. Um, I also like, um, you know, how an addict before me was sharing about like how he, um, man, my first year was crazy because like I heard that, that, that S word, man. And I was like, no, this is not what we say. This is not what we do. We say clean and we come in here, we celebrate clean time. And I was like that for the longest time. And still some people like look at me because they remember that person. <laughs> like when, when people talk like that, I mean, I'm like, look, man, we're free to be who we are in here today, though. Like, I don't have to. That, you keep coming back. Just keep coming back. You'll learn just like I did. That's all we got. Just keep coming back. And don't don't beat them up about the lingo that they use, man. Not everybody like. It took me a while to get it. It's gonna take, it takes us all time to get it. But as long as we keep them coming back and keep people feeling invited and love and that unity, then they gonna keep coming back. And eventually you're gonna hear that, that when they share and they gonna be like, hey man, yeah, man, I got six months clean today. And you gonna be like, what? Where'd that come from, man? You just, did, that, did you just say that? And they, they gonna say it on a regular occurrence and then it's gonna be a part of their vocabulary. And it's just gonna be like second nature to them just like it is to all of us who, who, who speak the NA lingo, man. You know, this process is beautiful. Like I said, it affect, it, it's taken over every aspect of my life. It's taught me how to be a productive, responsible and productive member of society. Like it, 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 it's, it's shown me a new way to live that I never thought. This person has always been inside of me. But you guys helped mold this person and helped me go out into society and flourish, man. With that, I pass. Thanks, Deron. Will Attic. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. When Mike started talking, I got a little warm and heart started beating a little faster. I like that shit. Um, I had a lot of fun doing that for a number of years. Uh, and obviously, I learned lessons and got to where I am today. Um, but it's still one of my favorites when people come up. You know, if we do this, we're going to dilute the message and people are going to die. I'm like, congratulations on the three years, man. Keep coming back. You know, there's a certain window that people fall in. You can tell right where they're at. Um, and it's hard for me to yell at them because I was in that window too and look where I ended up. Um, I know I had a sponsee recently that somebody yeah, said, said sober or something. And he said, you're what? Out loud. And at the end of the meeting, I was like, bro, you cannot do that. High five. Get this shit. Don't do it again. You know, but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it's just part of it, you know, so, um, and it's funny, like, I don't know, people were doing it when I got here, and those, it's funny, because it, those were the people in charge that weren't in charge, you know what I mean, like when I first got here, there were some old heads that would crack my head every time I said something stupid, and I'm like, shit, I was like, I want to fucking do that, I want to learn that stuff, so I can crack head, and then I find out, like, I don't feel good doing it, um, so I had to stop. <laughs> but you know um it did force me to learn look at some things though it did force me to oh, well i want to know what they're talking about um so i don't know i'm 50 50 on that ball uh it did it, it's, it's definitely off-putting in some areas but you know what like um i had decided i was going to be here no matter what and i was kind of stubborn and i was going to find out why they why, why they were saying that to me um i don't know maybe not everybody's like that but i uh I'm very comfortable in that setting. Let me say that. However, I do see the, the value of not doing that to people. Um, my, my home group is very progressive in that regard um, because we have so many uh, facilities bringing their people to our meetings that they talk a certain way all day long somewhere else. So you, it's, you know, a little patience with them. Uh, one other thing I saw in here that I um, don't know if this is popular or not, this is the way it works in my brain. Like I really separate NA service from NA fellowship. Um, if I don't, like I can carry resentments from like an ASC meeting to home group. Like now I'm mad at my home group who wasn't even there. 
Um, but this gets real spirited sometimes in NA service to where I got to remember um, I'm there trying to do to do service. Um, and I think in that area regard, professional things do kind of come into play. Um, you design web pages for a living and you happen to be an NA member and we need a webmaster. And that, that's part of your spiel as to why you're volunteering for this role. Um, it does get considered there, you know, and I think that's important to allow people to uh, to contribute uh, how they can contribute. I think we went over that a little bit in the seventh tradition. Um, but yeah, it doesn't make them any Uber member or above anybody else or anything like that. But as drama was sharing, like I'm, I oversee 130 people every day. Like if we have a big event going on and you need some help planning, I'm comfortable in that regard. Um, PR, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, it just doesn't, this doesn't suit my skill set. Uh, so I don't know, but I had a lot of good stuff said here today. Um, I, uh, I had a blast. Thank you, everybody. Is there anybody else that wanted to share tonight? If not, please join us again next week for episode 66, where we'll be picking up with a 2D reading on the last two paragraphs, page 140 of Tradition 8. Good night. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.